What's up, man? It's good to see you. Nothing much, man. Yeah, nice to, nice to see uh, that little elf that you have as a photo. <laughs> Thank you for commenting on my dead father's childhood picture. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. Uh, good for him for having pictures. Yeah, it was really hard to get pictures in the in the fifties in Puerto Rico, but he found a way. Yeah, that's cool, man. My dad was poor. Well, everybody's daddy was poor except for Dave's. Dave's yeah, daddy mine, was mine rich as shit. <laughs> Still is. <laughs> Has mermaids massaging his dick every day. Oh, is that the? Uh, that's the measure. Give me five. Me too. <laughs> Uh, I'm Q, I'm Q, and I'm Jewish Dave, and this is Bird Road. This is Bird Road, and we got we got Jimmy Jam on uh, on with us. Everybody, James is joining us again. Repeat guest, our first guest, guest in a while. We haven't had a guest lately, have we? Yeah, not since uh, the election, right? No, no, yeah, not since not since we went down that whole rabbit hole of just like bringing on everybody to talk about every different shitty um, state amendment that we were. The, the amendment throwdown situation that we were doing. Yeah. Some have wondered if we'd ever have guests again, but here we here we are. I mean, I accidentally emailed the link to, to James and he just pirated <laughs> his way in. He's not even supposed to be here. He's master hacker James. He's master hacker. He's a... Yeah. I'm like um I'm like one of those hackers in a yes. Mission Impossible movie. You know? Like gay and in Scientology. I like that we're on to movies already. This is going to be a good episode. I'm, I'm, I'm on board. <laughs> um, you see my titties? <laughs> Look at that. Movies you skinnier. You got damn. You're getting you're getting real skinny. Yeah, I um I I puke before I eat. <laughs> that's a really healthy way to before. lose weight. I've heard. I've heard that's yeah. a really great way to lose weight. <laughs> and I save a lot of money because now instead of drinking like a six pack of beer a night, I just uh, take a little bit of beer in my asshole. Nice. And then shit it out. We should try all these uh, tricks to, you know, add to our little competition we're having. I like these tech. They like these techniques. Competition that we're having again uh, segues nicely into our um, our plug for the February twenty first. Is it twenty first, Dave? Yeah, February twenty first show for our Miami listeners. Union Beer Store, Cayocho, Little Havana. Uh, we're gonna be. Dave is flying in. We're gonna be doing a show there at like doors open at seven o'clock. Get your tickets? I don't even think there's tickets. <laughs> just fucking be there. Just like, just come. If you're on the block in front, we're probably gonna ask you to come in. I visited the venue on Friday night, Dave, and yeah, it's it's small. Yeah, it's gonna be intimate. I will tell you, we're it's actually be... just like a little uh, like a little stand where they serve beer on the street, and we're just gonna be sitting in front. Um, before we get into it, Dave, what's going on on uh, piecing it together this week? Piecing it together, we just did a double episode on Glass, and then this week we're either going to do the already recorded Halloween episode that we bumped for Glass, or we're going to fit in an episode on this insane movie Serenity that I just saw, and we might talk about a little bit later here on this show as well. Um, if we get to that in time, that'll be the next episode, otherwise Halloween, and then trying to get an Oscar episode into uh, sometime in the next week or two. 
Yeah, I want to talk about that because that movie looks like absolute shit. Oh, it's and, bananas. <laughs> um, <laughs> really quick before, again, as we as we do this, like sort of housekeeping items. Um, I want everybody out there to listen to check out and just go visit and I don't know, maybe send some feedback to the email address that we don't check. Uh, 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 Bird Road at allpointswest.net. Check out allpointswest.net because um, t- starting tomorrow, which will be the day that you hear this podcast on Monday, it's revamped, relaunched. It's going to aggregate all of the uh, podcasts in our network. Bird Road, piecing it together, Entre Dos, Breaking Through, um, uh, Red Tide Radio. All of those are going to be aggregated there, so you'll sort of be able to see whatever's like the newest, latest thing that's popping up. Um We'll have some new projects that are coming out this year as well. Uh, we're trying to build out a distribution network and like a more reliable sort of audience uh, platform to be able to have more people listen to our shit so that it's not so tiny and irrelevant. And uh, it's not all politics. So, um, yeah, check that shit out. Awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing it myself. Uh, hey, um, can I... Shut Can the I fuck up, God it? damn it! No, go ahead. <laughs> um, uh, on the um, on on the Twitter, you were talking about how uh, you like Rick and Morty, but you don't like Rick and Morty fans. Yeah, that's one of my things. And you mentioned how you like the Joker, but you don't like people who like the Joker. No, I like the Dark Knight, but yeah, the pe- people who like I like that movie, the Dark Knight, where where the yeah, it was a good movie. Yeah, yeah. All right, um, but like. There's a problem with the people that are into the Joker. Like they're about always yeah, yeah, yeah. a little broken. Like they're a little bit broken. <laughs> well, they're the guys that actually see Fight Club and don't know it's a gay movie. <laughs> they're the ones that they're the ones that walk out and they go like, "Fuck, that was rad!" Yeah. You know, without thinking, without thinking, like let's start a Fight Club and then fuck, <laughs> fuck so hard. We both fight each other and then it'll be cool because we're bros and then it's just I'll just slide my dick in you. Hey, I mean, but like we're hanging out, you know. I'm gonna stab your asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, uh, it's the 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 um, and I mean, obviously, it's, look, this is 2019. We're all evolved men here. There's nothing wrong. Yeah, with, we stab assholes all the there's time. Nothing, there's nothing wrong with being gay. I mean, being gay is a a wonderful, great thing to do. Everybody should do it a little bit when they're like even in college and. Like or just there's a scale is what, just, what yeah. it comes down. Yeah. There's a, it's, it's there's a it's a there's a truck stop right down the road. It's fluidity, right? I mean, it's a spectrum. Yeah. But it's just I find it funny that what you're what you're poking the fun at is the people who would still call other people fags and be but, like super homophobic in their day to day life. But for sure, if you invited them into a fight club scenario, you would have I don't know. And you had like a strong leadership personality, you'd be maybe like a week away from getting them in the sack if that's what you were aiming for. Yeah, yeah. Can yeah, I yeah. talk shit yeah, yeah, about yeah, yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody for a quick second? Just oh, uh, guess, apropos yeah. of nothing, but well, you were surprised <laughs> by the end. No, I'm just kidding. The, the, the way that the way that they uh, the way that they broached the subject that that Freddie Mercury might be gay is when he is standing outside of a uh, a truck stop. And he watches a gay guy walk into the men's bathroom, and the camera pans in slowly on the word "men" on on the bathroom <laughs> door. Seriously, yeah, I'm totally serious. <laughs> that guy was like, that guy was super gay. They should have been like, they should have shown him doing this, Al Sevening, you know? Yeah. They should have shown him. They should have you know? shown if they would have, if they were properly representing Freddie Mercury, they would have shown him as a gay baby. 
like growing up into a gay child into a gay man yeah like yeah. that's very yeah. much erasure that's erasure like oh, I, so but i've heard that about that movie they erased a lot of his 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 um sexual identity right yeah and they rearrange they rearrange his life and everything it's just ridiculous it's so bad yeah they should have had him as a 12 year old you know just going like mommy check it out i'm wearing your clothes again you know and the dad's <laughs> the dad and the grandpa looking at each other like uh, fuck fucking a. Yeah. Oi, bruv, this one's not right. This one. Um, yeah, I mean, Freddie Mercury, I think, was probably born at a time in England when it was literally illegal to be gay. And I think people forget that as recently as like the 50s and 60s, you went to prison if you were gay. Right, right. Yeah, um, which is fucking what happened deal. to Alan Turing, and that's why he invented the robot so that he could fuck it. <laughs> yeah. We need to get I mean, some of those robots. That's why everybody. That's why you invent robots was, to begin this with. This is we shit, white boy. <laughs> um, so, I think the big story that's happening right now, transitioning us very smoothly. You know what, Dave? No, I'm not going to talk about Venezuela yet. I want to hear. I want to hear um, about this shit ass movie that you went to with Matthew McConaughey right, because well, for the last few weeks I've been watching the new season oh. of True Detective. And uh, <laughs> sequel to Firefly. Yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, do do you mind, James? I'm about to spoil this movie for you, the big reveal, um, because James, this is you're never going to watch this movie. dude. Th- I have a toddler yeah, okay. and another baby on the way. I'm not going to see movies for five more years. It's pre- pretty, pretty well established at this point. This is the worst. I mean, the movie, the year is only, you know, a month Wait, in, but that's the worst really, movie of the year. That's a really optimistic <laughs> uh, estimation, James. I'm going with another 18 years. You're not going to see. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't seeing shit. But, uh, fuck you, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. so as as you know from the trailer queue, I mean, this is about Matthew McConaughey. He's a, he's a, a fish boat captain, and he takes tourists out on his fish boat, fishing boat. And then his his ex from a long time ago, Anne Hathaway, shows up and says she wants him to help murder her husband. That's like that's like the jumping off point of this movie. Um, here, first of all, from the very get-go, I mean, we're talking about the room levels of just pure ridiculousness, just him screaming up at the sky, like constantly drinking. He calls uh, taking a shower, jumping naked into the ocean, and then like three to four minute long montages of him swimming naked in the ocean. Um, it, it's it's okay. just totally, totally fucking ridiculous. But then we get to the twist, which is delivered totally by this one really silly character who reminds me of, uh, going back to the room, reminds me of, was it Peter, I think, the uh, the psychologist? Um, Peter was but, the one that was always pra- doing psychology on people. Yeah, always yeah. doing psychoanalyzing on him. Um, r- totally reminds me of him. Um, the, the twist is that uh, Matthew McConaughey's son is actually in the real world making a video game and Matthew McConaughey is a character in the video game. And, right. <laughs> and this is a, a, a coping mechanism or something. Yeah, for this the is kid, a coping right? mechanism because his stepdad is abusive and that's why they want the stepdad killed. And in when Matthew McConaughey does kill the stepdad, it is him stabbing his stepdad in the real world. Um, Wait, uh, but I thought that the Matt, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Cause I thought I had read about this movie and I thought I understood yeah, the no, twist and what happened. I thought that the Ma- that Matthew McConaughey's character was um, modeled on the kid's real life dad, real yes. life in the movie, not real life, real life, but real life, right, in the movie. Right. real life dad who died in Iraq or something. Yes, yes, I'm leaving that part out, but yes, he 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 was his real dad, and he he wants a way to be back with his real dad, and his way to do that is to create a video game world and trick his dad who is. Basically, 
his, his it's almost like his soul is in the character in the game and <laughs> it's really hard to explain but uh it, it is his dad but it isn't his dad because it's an ai creation you know in his game that he's sitting there programming in total 90s hacker style of him sitting in front of his screen and all the like programming code is like floating all around his head and everything as he's programming oh that's dope that's how you know somebody's good at computers in a movie <laughs> when so the programming amazing. code floats around their head yeah that's how you know that they're like they know computers so yeah th- this movie is, is fucking bonkers I, I i can't wait to do an episode on it i also can't wait for the how did this get made episode burn, on it you're gonna burn an episode on that fucking movie you're gonna do a yeah hot, uh, you know what i i would love to talk about this movie for an hour i have no problem with but not the whatsoever. michael jackson documentary huh you're not gonna no, talk about that, that that i'm not gonna talk about at all you're not even gonna so, talk about that on this show no 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 that's not happening no not one bit i will i will change the subject faster than you can imagine so Venezuela yes Venezuela that thing (laughs) Um, yeah so right now we're recording on Sunday night Uh, it's um, you'll probably hear this episode on Monday birthday it's your birthday (laughs) no it's Jesus's birthday wait isn't every Sunday Jesus's birthday (laughs) (laughs) there's multi Jesus's technically yes (laughs) Um, so happy birthday Jesus that's a good point Mm -hmm. let us not be remiss Uh, but (laughs) Um, it, meanwhile, in South America, the uh, the in Venezuela, we I think we touched on this a little bit in the last episode. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we didn't talk about it. But um, uh, throughout like the region, a consortium of of state of uh, of nations have recognized the opposition leader, uh, Juan Guaido, as the um as the right as the new president of Venezuela, even though. He hasn't been elected president of Venezuela, even though he, um, you know, didn't really didn't like a lot of people don't even really know who he is. He has huge disapproval ratings in in, in Venezuela. Um, But it's I mean, the logic stands that it's hard for him to be worse than Nicolas Maduro, Maduro, who is the present president. And if you don't know much about Venezuela, um, it's the contrapositive example that's always used whenever it's it's the the cautionary example that's always used whenever anybody says like let's make things marginally better in this country by like introducing some sort of social safety net or socialist policies or um progressive tax codes or you know let's tax the rich a little bit more let's have single payer health care the 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 screeching response from the center and from the right is always like oh yeah you want to be venezuela is venezuela that's what you want you want venezuela huh and uh, like, so I personally hate Maduro and his predecessor, Hugo Chavez, and their analogs in the Castro brothers in Cuba. I personally cannot stand them because of how they've created this horrible example of a dictator of dictatorships to undercut any efforts you know, in the rhetoric to, to try to introduce these ideas or talk about them or sort of shift the Overton window, like pull the Overton window open a little bit more and say, hey, how about these sort of leftist policies? Because now for from 1960 to 1990 or the year 2000, all people would say was like, well, look at look at Cuba. You want to be Cuba? Uh, you want to be a commie? And then from like the Bolivarian Revolution until now, it's been, oh, you want to be Venezuela? And so... It's a it's a it's a complex issue. It's a land of contrasts, really, is what it is. 
Um, but uh, it didn't take long for for the U.S. to step right in, and particular particularly for Marco Rubio to come in, and and Rick Scott as well, who's our new senator in this state, a state that James is from, um, and uh, and take part in the sort of denunciation of Maduro and the um, just sort of. A, a <laughs> I, I just try to think like what if what if another country just was like Donald Trump is just out of control you know what President Nancy Pelosi is now the one who's in charge and we're just recognizing her as president now I, I mean it, it, it's so fucking crazy uh, Dave have you been following Venezuela at all or no not really I mean just little bits and pieces how about you Jimmy Jimmy Jam yeah, I've been actually following it a little bit. Uh, it is a little weird that we would sit there and decide uh, decide we are going to recognize um, Juan Guaido. 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 I think it's, uh, uh, yeah, I think it's Guaido. 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 I don't know. But, uh, but a why. So, yeah, they're. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, I, I think it's kind of weird that we would step in. Weird as in. I mean, um, we're not even a first world country anymore. So who the fuck do we think we are? Uh, It it actually kind of makes me angry that we are going to step in and talk about humanitarian crisis uh, happening in um, Venezuela when uh, we've allowed uh, family separation, children to die. Uh, We have them in basically what's uh, what are concentration camps in Texas uh, where the uh, temperatures go from super hot to super cold. So the fact that we have our own humanitarian crisis and we're going to talk about Maduro um, and the things he's done, not that they're okay. It's just, um, uh, we just, I don't, I, I, it makes me angry that we, we are doing so much wrong and that we're going to lecture somebody else. I mean, it just fucking really pisses me yeah, off. Yeah, and, and and if it was if it was even coming from the slightest place of authenticity, I, I would I, I would maybe be a little less critical of it. But it's so transparently like an effort to just capture capital and to you know Venezuela does have huge commercial opportunities. It is as people who have probably learned this week uh, might know, it's the largest oil reserve, the largest sort of untapped oil reserves in in the world. And that's like, it's not a mistake that the Maduro government, along with incompetence and corruption, has also sort of dropped the ball and been horrible at managing that country and the the wealth of oil that it has because of sanctions and because of their decision to be, you know, to take this sort of anti-imperialist posture and to, you know, move their petrodollar off of the U.S. dollar, I think like 10 years ago they did that. I'm, I'm sitting here looking at this um, this like infographic that somebody made up that uh, I don't know liberationnews.org I guess made up, but um, it's it's one of these things where they sort of outline all of the different U.S. interventions, U.S. military interventions in Latin America, going back maybe like 60 years, and it's a lot, dude. It's 56 different times that the country that our country has like intervened or staged a coup or backed an opposition leader or undermined a democratically elected uh, result of an election. And uh, spoiler alert, none of them turn out good. Like they all turn <laughs> no, out bad. None of them. Honduras in 1981, Panama in 1989, Nicaragua in 81 through 90. I mean, like 
Chile, 1973, Allende. I mean, like all of these. I mean, even 2002, I think a lot of people forget that in 2002, the U.S. government kidnapped uh, Hugo Chavez and, <laughs> and eventually had to release him. But it, it never goes well. I mean, anywhere in Latin America, Puerto Rico. I mean, shit, it, the, the Dominican Republic. It's it's just it's always to open up or to free up access to development and to capital. And it's never really about helping people or, you know, helping the starving populace or the people who are racked with, uh, all of the, uh, maladies that have come from, from, from this like disastrous Maduro regime. So I'm just, uh, I, I, you know, um, I'm, I'm going to tell you something that's probably going to make you guys cringe a little bit. Uh, Kevin James actually had a movie on Netflix that covered this uh, <laughs> this pretty well. Hmm. I couldn't believe it. I, I watched it because I think I was sick and it was just like, fuck, it's on. You know, Paul Blart. And uh, it might as well be, you know, it's just Kevin James, Paul Blart, whatever. It's always the same. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it, it was the same thing. It was basically uh, a, a puppet government thrown in to make sure that we continue to uh profit off of that you know that little country yeah. um which is what which is what we do we basically we install somebody only it seems kind of weird but we install people uh where i don't know I, I mean i hate to say white supremacy but it's it's always in these countries where they think they can manipulate people um we've we've been doing it in the middle east uh, since World War II, we've been doing it in South America for probably over a hundred years now, um, and uh, we just we prop we prop these governor um, governments up, and when we can't prop a government up, and when we can't control that government, we prop up gangs and oppositional forces that ravage those countries, and then we shit all over them when they get here. You know, yeah. when, when refugees start to show up or we go into their country and we bomb the hell out of it and we say, we've never had a war as bad as the civil war and we're the good guys. But you ask an Iraqi and they're just like, our population was this. Now it's this, you know, we've, you know, we've, you guys have killed, you know, over 500,000 of our people and maimed probably another million. So, you know, it's, 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 again, it's, it's that foreign policy that, that American exceptionalism, that fuck you, I'm greedy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's no other way to put it, right? It's capitalistic imperialism. It's everything is viewed through the lens of an opportunity to, um, like, what can we get out of this country? What can we mine out of this country? What can we extract and, you know, use to meet our next, you know, what, what can we privatize? And I mean, look, if, if, if people in Venezuela, and I know a lot of Venezuelans, mostly in Miami, and obviously that means that they uh, are in some, they don't really use the term exile as much as, for for instance, um, uh, Cuban, that Cuban exile community. But in some, in a lot of ways, they are in exile because they can't go back for one reason or another. And uh, so obviously the people that I've met are of one specific experience. And there's obviously whether you say that they're coerced coerced or you say that they're just maybe brainwashed there are obviously a lot of people in Caracas and in Venezuela who support Maduro because he always gets uh, big turnouts even like I think that just like similarly to the um, the Castro regime a lot of that is forced and a lot of that is uh, manufactured 
and it's done through sort of whisper campaigns like if your your neighbor will snitch on you if you don't show up at the rally type of thing and nonetheless if people in venezuela because of a, a change in regime are able to start not starving to death that's great that's a huge start what i would caution and i think what a lot of people on the left who tend to be a little more anti-interventionist would would caution is like just keep an eye on the devil's going to be in the details and if you think that this is all just happening outside of the 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 puppet strings of the united states then i mean you know it'd be one thing if the u.s had this great history of uh nation building and we had done this so well so many times it's just the exact opposite though every time we try to do it it's fucking terrible um i had i found this piece by uh a group called uh, Marea Socialista, which is um, uh, Spanish for the, the Socialist Tide. And they're a group that used to be aligned with the PSUV down in, which is Maduro's uh, ruling party. I, I guess not technically anymore. They're not ruling party if you if you listen to Marco Rubio and Donald Trump. But um, it, they were aligned with the Bolivarian Revolution, Revolutionary Party and... Um, and Chavez and Maduro, but they broke from them a couple of years ago. And uh, the headline of it is the people no longer want Maduro and no one chose Guayado. Uh, and it, I'll just read a little excerpt from it, uh, just just the lead, the lead. And again, this is bylined from that group, not any specific person, but this is their official statement. Uh, and they always, the reason I'm, I'm reading th- them is because it's really hard to get anything straight out of Venezuela in terms of media or news or information um mcclatchy and reuters and the, the wire services tend to be like clamped down down there like they, they they don't have free range of movement to be able to report they don't have the kind of access that you would need to to, to report accurately and then virtually every single other news source is compromised one way or another either it's like a far right u.s backed uh you know uh, pro commerce, pro um, pro parliamentary slant, or it's like Venezuela analysis, which is like um, completely funded by or Telesur, which is completely funded by um, by by the uh, the government um, by the administration. So you can never really find like good takes out of Venezuela because everybody's colored one way or another. But this one's pretty good, um, so I'm just gonna read a read it read a little bit of it. Uh, the following statement was issued by Marea Socialista, a Venezuelan organization. <clears throat> Only the sovereign mobilized people can decide its destiny in a referendum and general elections. The Venezuelan people mobilized along all social sectors and, ta- and taking to the streets from the poor neighborhoods are demonstrating that they are fed up with Maduro. The people will no longer tolerate the policies of hunger and the destruction of labor rights, the elimination of the right to health care and shortages of medicine, the degradation of public services, extreme corruption and routine repression. This explains why a large part of the population joined the marches called by the self-proclaimed Guayado, not because they're prepared to recognize whoever wants to snatch power, but because broad sectors of the population are fed up and don't want any more of this. Even those who work in the public sector who remain silent or are forced to go to the government's mobilizations, like we were talking about a second ago, people are sort of like forced to attend these rallies uh, to avoid retaliations at work, are seeing their financial subsidies affected or endangering their Mission Viviendo homes. Uh, That's like the government-sponsored home program. So you have 
a sort of a better quality of life if you work in the public sector there, um, which I guess we kind of have similar things like that here in the U.S. Word of mouth within Chavismo also reflects exhaustion, annoyance, and the progressive loss of fear. So I thought that that's interesting that this socialist group in Venezuela is like they're putting a voice to the frustration and acknowledging like, yeah, it's not, things haven't been perfect under Maduro. It's been terrible under Maduro and Chavez to some degree before him. Cool. Shut up, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But in maybe better news, uh, we saw also this weekend, the end of the, the protracted government shutdown. It doesn't look like, um, like, uh, the president's going to be getting what he wants, which is a wall to keep out the the problems that James mentioned earlier, the people showing up after we've fucked up their countries royally um, <laughs> and created huge power vacuums where now they have to like pledge their first five born to the local drug trafficking rings or they get uh, Colombian neckties. Um, so <laughs> he's not going to be getting his wall. It appears, at least, everybody's the consensus. Consensus seems to be that if this was like a contest or some or some sort of sporting event, that um, Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats won out. Uh, what do you, What do you think, Dave? Um, I I don't know, man. I <laughs> I, I I don't know uh, what is there that much to really expect over these next couple of weeks. I mean, it's just going to be right back to where it started, right? Well, that's a good point. I mean, James, actually, I think I, you know you know a lot about this topic. Isn't there a threat in the next three weeks that the, the shutdown could kick back right, in? Right, three weeks, yeah. So the president uh, actually threatened to shut down the government again in 21 days if uh, they don't agree to get him a wall. Or he's also threatening to declare a state of emergency in order to get the funds to build the wall uh, in which he will try to embezzle from the Pentagon and FEMA. The cool thing is, and and I actually hope he does that because that will die in court. And uh, see if he shuts down the government, uh, not not only did did we suffer because my wife, my wife, my wife, my wife is a federal employee, so not only we suffered, but uh, also what we, um, I mean, there's there's a lot of talk on how it takes away from GDP. You've got government contractors that may not get their money back. You've got, uh, in Colorado, they lost $2 million a day because the um, businesses surrounding the uh, national parks, you know, with all the mountains and all that, um, Wyoming, I don't think we lost anything. Um, like maybe five, ten bucks. I'm not sure. We don't really have much going on here. Well, that's because, like half uh, your GDP, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a lot. You know, when you think about it, oh shit. Uh, but um, it's uh, he's gonna he's threatening to to uh, shut it down again, and uh, that that'll be bad. I was actually doing some research, and um, did you know there's chemical spills and radiation spills in our country that if we don't have funds to uh, to maintain those spills and the continuing process to clean it up that uh, if it wanes a little bit, it can actually make things really, really bad Uh, just in, and just in those local areas. Um, But there's situations like that all around our country where we need to have our government running 
in order to uh, in order to maintain it because our government is vast. It's huge. There's so much going on. Uh, not not to mention welfare and and other things that people need. You know, I know chip is a terrible thing, and we need to get rid of it because I want to see poor kids dying on the street like everybody else. You know, real American stuff, right? Uh, so there's so much that our government is involved in, and if you take money away uh, from that government, it's uh, it's a great way to weaken our country and. I'm going to do. I want to get into two pieces, quick pieces of history here. One, um, the Republicans, with Bill Clinton, of course, they set up this whole uh, shut down the government thing in order to. Um, it was that push for uh, a balanced budget. Remember that in the nineties? Yeah, they pushed that balanced. Got to balance what that budget. Bu- that that imaginary yeah. number that is that has that will never ever actually affect anybody. Got to make sure that it's balanced. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, they had to balance the budget, that, that stupid push they had. It doesn't mean anything at all, but they, they put that caveat on, caveat in there that, well, if we can't balance this budget, uh, we'll go ahead and shut down the government, which has led to Congress's constantly having uh, uh, continuing resolutions, uh, CR after CR after CR. They're not really balancing our budget or really working on our budget anymore like they really ought to be. Um, and they're shutting down our 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 government and then you get a tool like president trump who doesn't understand civics at all and he thinks well if i got good i'll just do it the problem is this isn't his company you know he can't just say i want that port star to come in here and suck my dick you know he's got he's got to go through congress first congress has to get him that porn star okay so he doesn't understand that's how things work it's got to go through appropriations yeah the porn yeah, yeah, yeah. They gotta pro- appropriate it, you know, and then they gotta, the you know, porn the, creations. <laughs> oh, so uh, yeah, and then other history piece I wanted to go get into was, um, you know, when Rome was falling, they hired, they were, uh, they were getting Caesars like Trump, people who didn't understand how to manage the government, and so the government became um, insecure, and so people who worked for the government they were no longer secure in their um, in their jobs and their pay. And so they would take bribes. They became, they became corrupt. They would take bribes yeah. because what they would, they would manage to do is they would, they would be more willing to let the enemy come in as long as that enemy was going to pay them and not kill their family. Yeah. Right. As long as they'd be and on so, the safe side of whatever, uh, yeah. Visigoths were on the other side of it. Yeah. Yeah. The U.S. Uh, a U.S. attorney out here actually uh, told my wife, tells my wife, you know, Rome fell because they didn't have walls. Um, number one, no, they fucking did have walls. Uh, and number two, they also had roads, which made it really easy for people to come in and successfully uh, invade. Roads, roads helped. So, I mean, with that logic, uh, I told her next time you, she sees him, just fucking tell him, hey, they had roads too. So uh, should we just get rid of roads and build walls? fucking moron well i think i mean i'm not holding out huge hope for um for like the the this dynamic not to devolve into this um you know once a quarter once every other month uh standoff uh it everything is in acceleration territory right now so like if if whatever the whatever the craziest furthest push that you can think of on an issue the 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 the, the, the longest lo- logic train the last stop 
think that that's what's going to happen. If it's a thing where the federal government is going to be in this insane fucking uh, like Jacob's Ladder scenario, <laughs> it's like constantly being fucking like you wake up and it's like or, or it's like Groundhog Day is probably the more accurate descriptor, right? It just constantly waking up every day and like, fuck, we're doing this again. It's the same fucking thing again. Um, like, just assume that that's going to be the thing that happens. Uh, at least at least in the next, you know, two years or year and a half or however long it would take until um, 2020 gets here. And goddamn, guys, 2020 is going to be the stupidest fucking year in the history of the world. You think 2019 <laughs> is bad? You think 2016 was bad? Wait until 2020 because... I can only imagine. Because the CEO of Starbucks is going to be your next president, you dumb sons <laughs> of bitches. And every one of us deserves it. Did you guys see that... Uh, that Howard Schultz uh, declared for, to, that he's going to run for president? No, really? Yeah, so. Oh, my God. As an independent, he says. Yeah, as a oh, centrist God. independent. You know, those yeah. those things that exist. Wow. <laughs> well, uh, 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 Bill Crystal, uh, he tweeted that he's. Bill Crystal tweeted that he wanted to recruit. Uh, recruit him to uh, run as a Republican in a primary against, um, against the. Re- Trump. Uh, the Super smart guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh but I, I'll tell you. Um, so- I just like imagining those two people up on stage, like arguing with each other. Like, just on, like a debate between this guy who is, uh, first of all, a guy like Charles Schultz is the kind of person who's mythologized in our country, pro- like very much without really deserving it. Just th- there was one person that had to figure out in the mid '80s that coffee's about to be big and that Americans are going to want to, you know, uh, they're, they're going to want to fetishize the um, the ritual of drinking coffee and turn it into something cuter and and more bohemian than it than it needs to be. And he was just the guy that figured that out. But that makes him in our culture and in our country a fucking soothsayer. That makes him a fucking genius. And. Th- <laughs> The same way it's like a it's like a funhouse mirror because he looks at a guy like donald trump who is also a fellow billionaire depending on if you believe those reports that that he is um and he was literally like donald trump is literally just a like the lizard brain of like knowing when to snap your jaws shut because you have a smaller animal that's crawled into your into your gullet and you know like when to eat it and it, 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 they're they're just one is like the the sort of moderate acceptable uh well quaffed version of the dumb shit that we exult in this country and the other one is the funhouse mirror twisted like completely perverted version of it the, the like stripped of all of its uh all of its trappings and and just laying bare for for what it is and i think it would be great if they ran against each other as as republicans i mean fuck man kick a guy like charles schultz out of the democratic party don't let that motherfucker uh, charles schultz um so <laughs> like kick kick the fucking founder of uh of of the peanuts magazine out of uh, the peanuts cartoon out of, i meant <laughs> you to say do bring up schultz. charles schultz a lot Kick Howard Schultz out. Kick out Howard Schultz. Keep Charles Schultz. Yeah, sorry. I don't know. 
you gonna who, you gonna vote for uh, you gonna vote for for Schultz or are you gonna vote for um, Kamala Harris, James? I'm gonna vote for probably Kamala Harris. Yeah. I don't love Kamala Harris though, but I'll, I would vote for her over Schultz. Yeah, I, I think she's ahead. She's ahead of Schultz in my mind too, but she's behind so many other people like that I think are gonna run on the on the show notes I wrote Bernie's running because I assumed by today he was going to have announced it but I think that this is one of those things where you can't announce kind of on the same day as other people because you know you get your thunder stolen or you steal their thunder and you you, you want to like kind of own the news cycle um so I, I what I'm hearing is that Bernie's gonna either announce tomorrow or on Tuesday uh that he's running which um again like for everything, all the aesthetic problems that Bernie has and all the sort of practical problems that he has, the fact that he is the least charismatic person who's ever run for president, the fact that he is uh, 106 years old, the fact that uh, there are all, there's an entire contingent of woke people out there who, who, whose primary motivating factor for who they're going to vote for is that it's not an old white man. Um, He's still the best candidate that's out there. He's he still really the guy is. who everybody else is a watered-down version of. Or so, not even a watered-down version. They don't even want to be what he's proposing that he'll be. I mean, uh, Dave, I know you worked a lot for Bernie uh, on, on the Bernie campaign in 2016. Like, what do you think? I mean, I, I think, yeah, like what you're saying right there, everybody else is just like a watered-down version of, of what – what most of us liked about him um and he does you know there's plenty of people that have uh you know his they're not really into the whole bernie thing anymore but like i still think there's way more people i I still think he's the only person i can really see pulling the party together in any way shape or form and even that is i mean you know me i'm i don't not to sound defeatist but you know me i just don't see anything good happening period but um if if it's anybody it's him it's the only this is the only way i see it happening really nobody gives a shit about kamala harris i mean uh, sorry kamala harris is still to me i mean like people i know that this is kind of a tired take but to me it's not a tired as somebody who's been like wrapped up in the criminal justice system before in their life she's a fucking cop and when i say that i think what people think is like oh what you hate law enforcement you hate people in law enforcement that's not what i mean there are plenty of people i know and that's I, what i mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> what, what what i mean by that is that somebody who's a leader in the criminal justice system somebody who was the attorney general of california their job was putting numbers on human beings and assigning numbers of time that their that their freedom was going to be taken away taken away it's cold it's an unfeeling system um on, on those levels on like the the sort of state level local level and departments of corrections these are people who are like it's a it's a profoundly broken cold and disattached system and a product of it is not the person that I want for president i don't care how many great um, check boxes they 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 fit in the sort of in the aesthetics column and in the personal experience column and you know having parents who are immigrants that's great I mean I think that that's a really rich and fulfilling and interesting part of your life and that you're you know a black woman who went to that level of success in her career yeah great but when you got to that position your record speaks for itself she acquiesced to 
the worst parts of the criminal justice system. She fought back against wrongful against overturning wrongful convictions. She did everything she could to keep people who didn't belong in prison in prison, and didn't do anything to lessen uh, the the burden of the the punitive burden of of what like small time drug convictions and things like that. It, it, it she was not a progressive prosecutor and. I don't think we should give her credit for it. If she ends up somehow, if a person like her ends up just like Hillary ends up being the democratic nominee. Yeah. I'll pull the fucking lever for her. Of course, of course, but uh, compared to Donald Trump or any Republican, but like right now is not that time right now. It's primary time. We should be fucking arguing for the one that we want, the person that we actually want and not be fucking ashamed to, to, to want somebody who's maybe fucking corny and old and looks like, he like got lost in men's warehouse or something like that. Like, let's not be ashamed of supporting that guy. If his, of all of his ideas are the right and, ideas and Jewish and Jewish. Heaven forbid. <laughs> I am the first Jewish man to be considered to run for president of these United States. And I would appreciate if someone would tell me who I should be submitting my receipts to. I've come out of pocket an incredible amount and I'm I'm not complaining I'm not complaining I appreciate the support would appreciate a, a, f- a few dollars here and there to reimburse me it's only fair reimburse reimburse uh, actually I hope our first uh, Jewish president is like Eugene Levy <laughs> that would be cool I would too. take that that would be so awesome I'd be up for well, that like literally yeah. Eugene Levy or just somebody who's been in a movie where uh, where you masturbate with a pie? He's, no, 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 no. Eugene Levy, like, like, well, I don't know what you're going to do with that. Uh, you know? <laughs> or like like, like uh, armed, armed and Dangerous, Eugene Levy. Yes. Or, um... Yes. That's an old movie. Have you, have you guys ever seen Shit's Creek yet? I haven't you watched know, that, I haven't but it's on my it. list of shit to watch. Yeah, I, I'd love I to love watch that it. show so much. I bet it's great. Have either of you seen a show yeah. called Patriot? No. You guys no. got to watch it. It's incredible. Dave, when you come to town, maybe we'll watch it. Okay. Sounds like a plan. I, I actually, I've, I've heard it, that it's great. So yeah. I, it's it's on my list of shit to watch. Uh, <laughs> sounds, it, it depends. Sounds familiar. I might have to drop isn't it on Amazon? Amazon, yeah, Amazon Prime. Oh, okay, yeah, I'll probably. I just check discovered that out. it like the other day, and Monica, my my wife and I watched like the first three episodes of it, and we loved it. It's like twisted and fucked up and funny. It's it's really good. I don't know, like back to the motherfuckers running for running for the Democratic primary. I just, I don't know if Bernie Sanders runs. I, I I'm not gonna pay attention probably f- until you know primary day i'm i'm just going to probably vote for him and and then vote for whoever whoever wins the primary in the general election i i don't know the, everybody's talking about how like this is going to be such a crazy competitive year i mean i think people have already picked everybody's already picked the person that they want like i i, I don't see it's not like it does i feel like there way. was general like dave tell me this did you get the feeling that there were gen, that there were authentically people making a choice between Hillary and Bernie during the caucuses last year. I mean, did, did that come across or, or were the battle lines drawn and everybody was sort of on their sides? No. Yeah, exactly. I mean, people had made up their, 
And yeah, and I absolutely think that everybody kind of had their minds made up from from the get-go. Um, and I think that's the way it is now, too. Uh, you know, I mean, maybe there's some people holding on for beta or something, but otherwise it seems uh, pretty clear. I mean, Kamala Harris and Bernie are kind of what people are talking about. Yeah, um, I, I disagree that it's that people are going to be decided quickly. And the reason why is because I think we're going to have a, a huge field. I think that there's going to be two camps. I think there's going to be the uh, people trying to compete, uh, trying to prove that they're the most uh, progressive and they're going to com- be competing to be the most progressive. And then you're going to have the other camp uh, filled with the people who are competing to be the most centrist. Uh, the people trying to win uh, the hearts of neocons like Bill Crystal and yeah. Rick Wilson and those, you know, um, warmongering weirdos. Yeah, the imaginary, uh, you know, the imaginary suburban conservatives who might consider voting for a democrat like th- that the, who don't fucking exist like those people one, don't exist one thing that i do think sucks is that uh it, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a lot more uh vicious w- w- regardless of what happens um i mean i've already seen all the bernie bros talk on twitter and stuff like yeah. that yeah. i mean people they, they, everybody fucking hates each other in our party i mean <laughs> it's really what it comes down to um and you know i i don't know where that goes i i only imagine it going worse but i guess yeah, that's where even, I yeah the, ha- lean. the hashtag uh, never bernie is yeah I, i've seen it a bunch too yeah it's it's like uh, the and and like I feel like it's going to break into those two groups like James is talking about but I think that what what might be interesting like a, an interesting dynamic that wasn't there in 2016 is that when one side when the progressive side starts talking about like there's you know here's what we here's here's our case right we're saying loan for debt forgiveness for for um for for uh student loan debt we're saying free education at the point of purchase tuition free education <laughs> we're saying jacking off two dicks into your mouth at the same time like the james hearn platform and, like, and uh we're and we're saying you know uh health free at the point of purchase it's going to be hard to try to push that centrist messaging to demo ostensibly to democrats right because you're going to be you're going to be asking them to believe to believe not in a thing you're going to be asking them to believe that those things are impossible and that we shouldn't strive for them you're going to be asking them to like be these technocratic you know figure out a way to like dev- like innovate your way to better health care by creating fucking you know yelp for cancer or whatever and like it's i don't think it's going to I don't think that that's how it's. That, I, th- I think that as that choice becomes in those two camps more clear, what I'm hoping is that there's attrition. That a lot of these maybe people who were young and supported Hillary in 2016 are a little bit older and they realize that the better ideas are a little bit further to the left. If nothing else, healthcare. Um, that you know maybe they'll see that that you know there's not really that much movement on healthcare. You know, the further century ago. Yeah. Uh, James can't talk. Let's make fun of him. Let's make fun of him. Look at James's weird fucking face. What an ass. <laughs> so, uh, actually, um, have you have you guys ever seen the Kids in a Hall movie? Yeah, of course. Brain Candy. Yeah. 
Yeah, okay. All right. Well, you remember that part where they uh, parade the comas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, actually, uh, if the progressive uh, people were smart, they would actually parade the uh, the GoFundMe accounts that all those people have to treat their cancer. Because, uh, and I'm not being glib. No, you're right. It's, you're right. I think it's a serious it's a serious thing. People have to pay for their cancer and their various other uh, ailments with a GoFundMe account. Fucking for real. This is a real thing. There's kids begging for money. Uh, when when we ought to do something we're the richest nation in the world and we can't fucking help our own people uh let alone uh i mean we just can't help our own people and but we can and the thing that pisses uh, that kind of uh bothers me a bit about this is the republicans republicans hobbled uh, uh aca so bad that this is this is the product of it these gofundme right. accounts to pay for all their uh to pay for medical expenses. Uh, <clears throat> these neocons are part of that. They're part of that issue. They're, they caught, they're part of what caused this hobbling of ACA. So, it, uh, and, and ACA itself was not good enough. From the get go, it was always a, a Cato Institute, Heartland Institute, uh, Koch brother approved plan that actually helped a lot of insurance companies and corporate hospitals make, pretty record profits it's 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 not like it was the thing that we're talking about now thankfully that the again that the overton windows opened up a little bit and we're actually talking about universal health care that's the debate right what's the difference between like the debate that we should be having is like medicare for all universal health care free at the point of purchase those are all very different things and we should be debating which one works best maybe we start at one place and work our way to another that's a great debate yeah. but it's only happening on well, the left yeah, I think that debate is dead. I think that debate is dead already. And I think that if we appealed to more people, there are even people in the suburbs who are willing to support uh, Medicare for all. And the reason why is because they're they aren't alone. They know people that have that have uh, yeah, that have had to that have lost everything yep. uh, due to some disease. We all know somebody who suffered so bad they lost everything, and and. You can't. There's only. You can only be so glib and dismissive before you have to think. Fuck. Maybe we need to move on. And the only people who are shouting loudest that they don't want Medicare for all are the fucking people on Medicare now. Fucking baby boomers. They're up. No. What are you? Some kind. What is it? You want to make this Venezuela? Well, fuck. Maybe we do. <laughs> it reminds me of a story. I don't know if either of you saw this story about um, a school superintendent who, or she was a. I don't know if she was a superintendent or if she, I think, I think she was a, like a, a, a member of the administration who she was a superintendent. Yeah. Yeah. So she went yeah. to the home of a student who was sick and hadn't called in. They didn't know where he was. He, uh, his parents aren't in the picture, but he's being taken care of by like older, I think grandparents who, you know, they're, they're older. They're not really fully, you know, as fully active as, uh, his parent as parents would be. And, um, found him really sick uh, found him in uh, basically in uh, I think with like pneumonia or something like that very very sick brought him to a urgent care clinic and uh, got kicked out of one ur urgent care clinic because they said that she couldn't bring a student uh, a younger uh, you know a minor in went to the next urgent care clinic and basically misrepresented the kid as her son and uh, got him care got him a two hundred and thirty three dollar 
bottle of amoxicillin, like which should be like a <laughs> dollar if if anything, and uh, and is now being brought up on um on uh, on a felony charge for for doing that. Um, so that's a pretty cool healthcare system that we have that seems to be working great for everybody. It's wonderful. Well, all right. So, anyways, as a teacher, I see shit like this all the time. I teach usually at uh, Title One schools, and um, and just uh, just to add a little caveat to that, I actually had somebody recently tell me that uh, Hispanics and Blacks uh, uh, milk are uh, gaming the system. Well, I teach at Title One schools, and this town is full of um, it's like eighty five percent white. So um, that those. Uh, <laughs> Those numbers don't really add up for me, yeah. but anyways, uh, what, uh, we we do what's called Friday food bags, and um, wh- what they are is they're basically bags of food to get these kids through um, a weekend, right? The problem is there aren't enough, so it's like a lottery, and so sometimes you'll have seven bags but ten kids in need. One one time, uh, a, one kid started crying. Jesus. And I wanted to give him some cash because I was like, fuck, dude, I could probably just get this kid some food. But we're not allowed to do anything like that. Like, we could lose our job and get sued. Hmm. But it was fucking horrible. And I was seriously, like, thinking I was going to slip, like, a $10 bill in his backpack or something. Yeah. Like, when he wasn't looking. It's uh, But that's that's what we deal with, you know. And uh, that's, that's reality. And, uh, again, this is the system we have. Where are all those Christians, by the yeah. way? Where are they? Where are they? Well, they're um, they're like Michael Dell, you know, the founder of uh, of Dell shitty laptop computers, where he said he was interviewed at Davos in Davos, Switzerland, um, last week, and they asked him basically like, "What do you think of the proposal from um, progressives uh, in in the U.S. for a seventy percent marginal tax rate?" And his response was. Uh, on earnings after ten million dollars, and his um his response was, well, my wife and I founded a charity, and uh, you know we're more comfortable giving through our charity. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. That's that's the uh, Republican easy out. Or I give to charity. Well, that's I great. have my own charity, and we one yeah. of these days we're gonna we're gonna help somebody at some point. We're going to make a human centipede, and it's going to be so long. It's going to get into the Guinness Book of World Records, and it's going to be so cool. They're going to print extra copies, and those copies, we're going to buy them and and feed them to the poor, and they'll be able to eat copies of Guinness Book of World Records about our human centipede. The art of the human centipede. It's it's my book. I'm going to write it. Yeah, they already made a play about it's called Hamilton. <laughs> Get it? I'm talking shit about Hamilton. Oh god. <laughs> you know, I almost saw that when I was still in uh, in New York and then I was something about it. I was like, I don't want to pay that much to see it. And uh so I didn't and uh I actually fucked up when I was out there. I didn't see Upright Citizens Brigade. I, I missed so many things when I was out there. God damn it. Now I'm just fucking talking about nothing. Well, now let me tell you, Hamilton now and Lin-Manuel Miranda are in Puerto Rico. And it's like they're doing, you know, such a mitzvah for Puerto Rico being down there. It's still just the same rich white New York people going to the show 
they're just flying down to Puerto Rico to go see it. It's just like it's just now they're making a vacation out of it. You walk through the fucking the, the crowd at Hamilton in in uh in Puerto Rico, you're not going to find a bunch of like Puerto Ricans who were in need of maybe a few hours of uh, uh, like a little bit of respite in in their horrible lives that they're trying to slog through in the uh, you know in the aftermath of a humanitarian disaster. It's just gonna be like Marky Mark and fucking uh, Bella Hadid or whoever the fuck you know. It's it's like it's just gonna be the same people that were going to see it in Broadway that that are now flying down there. It's the I, I've never I, I don't want to go off on a fucking Hamilton thing, dude, but like I've never seen such universal acclaim for something that is only for rich people. Even more so than Tesla. This is like the thing that it's like look how awesome this is, this thing that is only for obscenely rich people. And it, like l- just look at it and universally everybody has to love it. Because it's the only people who give a fuck about for Hamilton. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, dude, I, my minor's probably sigh. I don't give a fuck about Hamilton. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, the guy. Yeah, and also exulting the guy who basically, uh, you know, created what the the culture of what Wall Street is today. That is, uh, spasms our economy in and out of recessions every ten or fifteen years. Uh, you know, like that's definitely somebody to be celebrated. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about was everybody. Everybody last week lost their job in media, <laughs> like uh, like a thousand people, a thousand media positions and reporting positions and journalism positions just were erased. Like, um, like I don't know, I don't know. I wish there was some sort of pop culture reference I could think of where like somebody snapped their fingers and a bunch of people disappeared. But I can't think. Of one. <laughs> I can't think of anything. <laughs> drawing, drawing a blank. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't really have anything to say about that other than fucking uh, local newspapers. I don't know about BuzzFeed. I don't give a fuck about BuzzFeed or Huffington Post. Honestly, they, they, what they do is barely journalism. But like I've said this before to you, Dave. Local newspapers make money. They actually do make money. The problem is they don't make enough money for hedge funds, and all hedge funds own all of them now. They're all mm. owned by bloodless fucking leeches that suck them dry you you could open a don't believe the fucking hype you could open a print newspaper right now in a decent sized city in like in vegas and you could make pretty good money running a you know don't expect to get rich but you could definitely run a newspaper and make and turn a profit and definitely be sustainable the business model still fucking works and everybody wants to blame google and yeah part of it is google's fault and facebook Part of it is Facebook's fault, and that's the reason that like you're never going to see a newspaper make a sixty percent profit margin again like they used to in you know a hundred years ago. But the only reason that that Gannett, which I don't know if everybody on this show knows what Gannett is, Gannett is one of the largest sort of like conglomerate media concerns in the country. They own probably they they probably own your newspaper in your town, and uh, they're just bloodless hedge fund ghouls and they like just puttering along with like a a five to ten percent profit margin doing good journalism is not something that they're interested in doing they want to make money and so they want to strip mine what's left in a lot of these places in a lot of these um newsrooms and and just kind of Sell them off. Isn't this every industry now? Isn't every industry just big conglomerates? I mean, yeah, like look at like for instance, if you ever follow 
if you follow like retail trends and you have to write about that dumb shit, which I have to do for a, a number of different reasons. But if you ever follow, there's like a story out there, right? And the story is that in in the world of the larger world of like macro retail, there's the story is that like Walmart was smart and did the smart things and innovated and came up with like brilliant campaigns and ideas and brand development. Sears was stupid and they deserved to die because they didn't know. But if you really dig into the difference between Walmart and Sears, it's that one stayed a family business and became enormously huge, but is still at its core a family business, the Walmart owned by the, the Waltons. And the other one sold itself off in small, you know, acquisitions and mergers and in a lot of, uh, you know, restructuring and stuff like that and turned basically marginalized itself and turned itself into just a little uh, an asset that was just waiting to be strip mined and that's the real difference it's not like walmart figured out that the internet existed before sears did sears knew that the internet existed like it wasn't a fucking secret and that's the same thing with um with with and to your point dave like my thing is like that's happening to everything but journalism's more important, like because yeah. it's it's li- it's it, li- it literally is the thing that underpins uh, like our democracy. It should sure. be the the final it's the, uh, in our fourth uh, branch, yeah, the fourth estate. Yes, <laughs> uh, whatever. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> well, you you know uh, a lot of uh, a, a lot going on. Seventy percent tax that's being proposed by uh, crazy socialists. Um, in the old days, they had something like that, but uh, part of that was they didn't have to always pay that because if they reinvested in their company or reinvested, then they would they would be able to write some of that reinvestment off and uh, not pay taxes on that. And um, we don't live in that world anymore. We don't live in a world where where uh, people reinvest in their companies anymore. We live in a world where they say, hey, thanks a lot for the uh, tax shelter, United States. Now, fuck off. I'm going to go build shit in China. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, and that's where I think, like, I think journalism, especially local journalism, which has gotten, like, the real shit end of the, of the stick in the last 25 years, I, I, I still think it can thrive because that's something you can't do in China. That's one product you can't make in China, local reporting. And... Yeah, I would say like my biggest criticism or skepticism of local journalism is people. Like people just don't want it because we fucking we suck. We're terrible. We're glued to our like I don't want to sound like a fucking grandpa or something like that, but like we are in a lot of ways we're glued to stupider shit. Like we're paying attention to video games and movies and dumb shit and and television. And, uh, like, being engaged and informed is, like, not as important. And, uh, like, this sound, this feels like a fucking TED Talk. But, like, honestly, <laughs> it, it is true. You need to have a demographic. You need to have a consumer if you're going to have a product. And I would say that's the biggest. The, the, but let, let's say one in 20 people will subscribe to the local paper. That's fine. That's enough to, substa- to sustain uh, a business in most uh, uh, in most metropolitan areas dave do you subscribe to the rj nope yeah you fucking bat piece of shit i wanted to read an article on the uh, rj's website the other day i could I, I couldn't 
Yeah, I know it does, but I couldn't read the article. I used to subscribe to the Cheyenne newspaper, but it was uh, garbage writing, and so I, I had to get rid of it. <laughs> All right, look, we're already past an hour, so let me... Um, Dave, why don't you, why don't you give, us, uh, give us our promos? Everybody, rate, review, subscribe to Bird Road. Also check out my podcast, Piecing It Together. Oh, you throw that in there. And... I was I was saying all the podcasts breaking right. through and uh, whatever the new one is that you're doing that I don't really know much about yet. Um, <laughs> subscribe to all of them, rate and review, and uh, yeah, that's about it. Oh, and February twenty first, our next live show at Union Beer Store in Miami. You should go, and you should thank our guests too. I mean, like you could be an ungrateful piece of shit, or you can be, you know, have a little bit of grace in your behavior. I, 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 I'm sorry, ma'am. Will you ever forgive me? Don't ask me. Ask James. <laughs> James, will you ever forgive me for not thanking you immediately? I can't say no to your pretty face. <laughs> <laughs> well, that shit. was at James, least, everybody. <laughs> at least his microphone worked that time. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.